Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. I need to tell you that we're not posting an episode on Monday, President's Day, but we'll be back with you on Tuesday. But enough about that, because why are we here today? It's Clark Stinks time. My favorite part of the week. And later, another of my favorite things is travel. I've got very specific advice for you on your summer vacation this summer that's different than any other summer I can recall talking about. But without further ado, it's time for your feedback to me where you feel my answers were lame, incomplete, or advice you've heard from me is just flat out wrong. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Let's get right into it, Clark. Uh, Here's the first one. The question from a listener about how she could find a student loan that is safe and respectable because the FAFSA money she was expected to provide was outrageous. Clark never tried to answer the question and told the story about how he paid for college by working full time and went to night school. While I respect how Clark did this, it unfortunately does not fit all situations. I have a daughter who aspires to become a pharmacist, and night classes are not an option, as she would be in school for a very long time, and most classes for her major are not available at night. Could Clark please revisit this question as to what are the ways you could get good student loans to help us out? Bill. Bill, thank you. And Bill, um, I beat myself up after that podcast because I did feel like I did a bad job not answering that question. You are right. I got so off on a tangent talking about the school thing because if I remember right, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was the question where the individual was from New England, Connecticut, Connecticut and was unhappy with the community colleges correct. In, her, in her area and didn't feel like that was a viable option. And the four-year schools were just too expensive and the financial aid contribution the the financial contribution that she was supposed to come up with was way more than she could do and so I had a really hard time with that because what I wanted to say is it's still the right answer to go to community college those first two years in a financial situation like that Um, but an interesting thing happened you told me the other day. Right. We did hear from a gentleman who is involved in the state of Connecticut, the, the financial aid, and, and wanted to clarify what was really going on. And so I, I connected them. So that was very nice to get that response. And hopefully she'll have more clarity around that and see if, if indeed what she was told is correct. Because there could have been a mistake in what the FAFSA had calculated right. is her contribution 
So the pharmacy school thing, I mean, this is hard because a lot of people going to pharmacy school end up with substantial student loan debt. You can only borrow so much under the federal student loan program. And then you're left with uh, either Parent PLUS or private student loans. And a lot of people going to pharmacy do that with their eyes open because they expect they're going to make a really nice income as a pharmacist. I'm just always scared of that debt. Um, the other suggestion I heard was that the military needs pharmacists and that that's a way that you can go through pharmacy school, meet a commitment to a branch of the military for a number of years, and then you won't have the student loan debt to deal with. But this is a very, very difficult area on the student loans, you know, paying for school because the tuition levels are so brutally high. And that's probably why sometimes, Bill, people feel left wanting when I answer a question about how to pay for school. And there is also on the website SoFi, which is a big student loan seller as well as other things, they have a guide to various federal employment you can fill where your loans are, in fact, absorbed over time. And it's a variety of things beyond the military. There are a number of federal programs that will pay for student loans in return for work in job categories where people are really needed. And you can see that at SoFi, uh, SoFi.com mm-hmm. or SoFiLoan.com. That is at SoFi.com. SoFi.com. And then you can go to the section on the various loan forgiveness programs. Clark, your English teacher is rolling over in his or her grave. Farther and further should not be used interchangeably. Farther is for physical distance and further is for figurative distance. Number two, fat paper toilet paper rolls are narrower so that they will fit between the two posts when on a spring-loaded roller. Those are from Deborah. Deborah, thank you. And my grammar has always been a problem. And you can't even imagine how much Krista cringes having been an English major in college. And all through the years, you have tried to tutor me on some of my uh, grammatical disasters. No. No. And uh, the toilet paper roll thing, I've never heard that as the explanation for why some of the really fat rolls are so narrow. That makes sense though. You know, it was funny. I saw something in the current Costco sale flyer that was something that really drew my attention because I'd done a segment on TV a couple of years ago about the magical shrinking soap bar and that soap bars used to be five ounces and then they were four and a half and they were four. And now a lot of people sell three and three and a half ounce soap bars. And in Costco's flyer, they had a a half a page about how the Irish spring they have on sale right now with the coupons is a four and a half ounce bar that you're getting a big bar of soap because people are so frustrated about shrinkflation where the price may stay the same, but the size of something, the quantity, whatever is shrinking right before our eyes. 
Uh, this is about, this was obviously posted pre-Valentine's Day. Clark, you have gone too far. I agree with your thoughts on Valentine's Day regarding flowers, dining out, and jewelry. But you can't be serious about waiting until the day after to buy a box of candy. You have really stooped to a new money-saving low. A box of candy or chocolates isn't all that expensive and can sometimes be found on sale even on or before Valentine's Day. Come on, Clark. Reach into those deep pockets and spring for a box of chocolates that aren't nearing a Best Buy date. And that's from Joanne. (laughs) So, Joanne, I was really kidding about the chocolates, giving your sweetheart or spouse chocolates a day delayed because they're cheaper. But for a lot of people buy candy at special events like Valentine's Day, Easter, things like that. They buy the candy actually for their own consumption, not for a gift to somebody. And then you definitely want to buy after the holiday to get the deal, just like people do at Halloween, where the after Halloween clearance sales on candy are so good. Do you know what chocolate I got laying for what Valentine's Day? So Kirkland Signature? No, Aldi had Wayne loves M&Ms. So they had Valentine's Day color M&Ms that were oh. like light pink and shocking pink and other pink and whatever. So I got her those and I actually paid well what's retail at Aldi. So I so I actually did spend the money Joanne on <laughs> that job. chocolate for Lane. Good job. Okay. My husband, Phil, your number one fan, who's certain that he'll meet you someday and talk all day long about ways to save money. And I tuned in and heard you address a listener's concern about his $3,000 federal tax refund from 2020 that was still pending. You told him to follow his accountant's advice to apply that credit to the current return, but you missed the opportunity to encourage him to change his withholdings so that he wouldn't run into the same issue again and he wouldn't give the government an interest-free loan next time. That's from Lisa and, of course, Phil. So, Lisa and Phil, thank you. You know, I guess I can never say that enough because I try every January to get people to reduce their withholdings so they're not making that interest-free loan to the government. And instead, whatever you reduce it, you put that money automatically as a payroll deposit diversion automatically into a savings account that's your own savings account and you have possession of the money hopefully to only use for a rainy day need rather than doing the forced savings through excess withholding from paychecks all year long and thank you for giving me the opportunity to say that again. Clark stinks because he did not take Dollar Tree to task for its botched rollout of an across-the-board price increase. All they're doing is selling the exact same stuff at an increased price. Here are three smarter ways to have done it. One, fill every department with new products that were not available at the old price as a way of showing a benefit for paying more. Two, every week sell a different assortment of products in each department at the old price. And three, if a customer buys over a minimum number of products, the price of any additional products is at the old price. Oh, I love that idea. Dollar Tree will still get some of my business, but will lose all of my impulse buying. It was the only store where I would allow myself to buy items not on my shopping list. Come on, Clark, speak up. You shop there as well. As much as any other factor fueling a price increase, Dollar Tree has been growing too fast and let its expenses get out of control. Brian. Brian, I have a confession. I'm not boycotting Dollar Tree or Dollar 125 Tree. 
I've actually not gone back into one since they raised the prices. It like took the magic away Aww. from me when it went from a dollar tree to a dollar twenty-five tree, and I have I drive by them. I don't go in them anymore. Wow. Yeah. So all right. So let's cut to the chase, Brian. What actually happened was Dollar Tree's executives were at risk of losing their jobs because private equity houses and others that were trying to buy up shares of Dollar Tree to bring about change were terrifying the executives that they were going to get booted out the door if they didn't do something to boost profits. And so it was rolled out uh, after, I don't know if you ever saw the news story that the CEO had said, no, I think it was in November, said, no, we're, we're staying Dollar Tree. We're not going to raise prices. And then in a blink, all of a sudden, when they were facing the threats uh, from new potential owners, the price just like ad hoc almost immediately went to 125. So it was not a well thought out executed strategy. It was, I got to save my own rear end kind of strategy is what happened at Dollar Tree. Your ideas are perfect if they'd actually had a plan they had thought through and they were going to execute instead of just ramming through a 25% price increase. So, I I mean, I just, as you were reading that, I realized I have not set foot in one. I mean, I think you can't get over the mental hurdle. I know, a dollar twenty. Sorry. Okay. Um, as expected, a couple about uh, prescription glasses. I knew those were coming. Yes. Clark, you recently spoke about the high markup on eyeglasses and the cheaper options available online. I'm a licensed optician, and I help people select their eyewear options every day. Yes, you can get these options cheap, but just because you can doesn't mean you should. Glasses are not one size fits all, and just because your $69 progressives work for you, it doesn't mean they'll work with someone else's maybe more complex prescription. Progressives and higher power single vision prescriptions require frame and fit specific measurements to be taken. There is also more to frame selections and fit than small, medium, and large. I think these online retailers are great options for backup pairs, but everyone should have a pair with an accurate fit and measurements. And that's from B. And this one, I think you missed the mark on your comment concerning the prescription glasses. While you're right, most people can take advantage of cheaper online glasses. That is not always the case. When you have a prescription like mine, Minus 13.75. For people who don't know, that's what used to be referred to as Coke bottle lenses. Most of these online dealers cannot produce a lens in that strength or mess them up in spectacular fashion. While they often list that they can drop up to minus 10 or minus 20, that is thrown out the window if you happen to have an astigmatism. So sadly, us high prescription fans have no choice but to be ripped off by big glasses. Side note, I'm in the process of getting lens replacement surgery to correct my vision, so soon this will thankfully be a moot point. Woohoo, Blake. Congrats, Blake. I love the way you read the woohoo. That was perfect. Woo. Okay, so That's I appreciate both of your comments. You both have really valid points. Uh, people who have an extreme prescription, in one case, the other being proper fit. And you were specifically speaking, B, about the issue of proper fit for glasses, and you kept referring to the online, but I might not have mentioned that according to Consumer Reports, the best place to get glasses is Costco Wholesale. 
and you were doing it in person. There are several sellers that got very high ratings from Costco, independent shops that are not part of the Luxottica cartel, and also Warby Parker got very nice reviews from the Consumer Reports write-up on the best places to get glasses. The independents historically rated the highest in Consumer Reports rating for proper fit and the rest. Uh, This was maybe the first survey Consumer Reports did that Costco rated higher than the independent shops. I think your point is valid that somebody getting a spare pair uh, for make sure they have a primary pair that is done just right, doing a spare pair from one of the ultra-cheap onlines is also a viable option that your first pair come from the human interaction and the second pair come from online as a potentially lower-risk way to do the glasses. I was wondering why you rarely, if ever, mention BJ's Wholesale when a question comes up about wholesale clubs. I know Costco is your favorite and that you're a Sam's Club member, but not BJ's. I have never been in a Costco and only in a Sam's a few times with a friend who is a member. I was a BJ's member on two different occasions for a year each time, and I found it had everything I was looking for at a good price. Is there something about BJ's you don't like? The nearest Costco is too far from where I live to be cost-effective to join, so I was wondering of the remaining two, which would be your preference, Don? Don, okay, so this is my fault. So BJ's Wholesale is a regional warehouse club chain. Think of it as being principally along the I-95 corridor from Florida on up into New England. So it has a limited potential market that is not a nationwide market like Sam's and Costco. In fact, I was a BJ's Wholesale Club member for at least a decade, and then they closed some stores that were near me, and I had none I could get to that were anywhere within 45 minutes of me, kind of like what you said about no Costco nearby. So um, I don't have recent experience shopping in BJ's Wholesale, and maybe that is my responsibility I mean, if I like to walk the steel in a warehouse club, I should just do that. I should join again, even if it's a long way away, and go walk the steel. That's the expression they use in warehouse clubs, meaning walking through those million aisles and the steel that's stacked 30 feet high with merchandise. And I probably should incorporate more. You know, at Clark Deals, we talked about this And we've been posting more deals from BJ's Wholesale Club because it does have a devoted following along the I-95 corridor, and it shouldn't be ignored. So for Don, between BJ's and Sam's, any preference? So they're different. Um, Sam's Club has a big emphasis on selling to convenience store owners and business operators that buy a lot of stuff for their businesses there. Sam's is much weaker than Costco or BJ's Wholesale on selling to consumers, selling straight-out consumer goods. They certainly sell straight-out consumer goods at Sam's Club. And Sam's Club has actually been performing better lately, but their big emphasis is on small business owners stocking their business 
rather than on consumers doing shopping specifically for themselves. So coming up next, lots of things that didn't happen over the last couple of years. They're on their way back, specifically travel and weddings, among other things. I'm going to talk about that. Are you tired of the pandemic? I'm tired of even the word pandemic. I don't want to talk about coronavirus. I don't want to talk about COVID. And you know what? There's 330 million of us in this country. We're all in agreement on this. And you're seeing more and more people saying enough. And truth be told, in the now declining number of cases with Omicron, 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 you call it whatever you want. Um, We've still had an ugly number of deaths. We've lost way too many Americans. And it is just a terrible event with the loss of life. We are at a point that people just can't do it anymore. I don't know if you remember, Krista, back in 20, when I was looking for ways to explain what we were facing with um, COVID, what was then called COVID-19, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to explain how this kind of thing worked. And the analogy I used was from 100 years before. And it was the Spanish flu of 1918, 1919, and 1920, although people usually only talk about 18 and 19. There's a reason why in a second. And we lost perhaps 100 million people in the world from that. We didn't have modern medicine. And you think about how much smaller the population was worldwide, lost a huge number in the United States, more than we had lost in the brutality of the just completed World War I. But the funny thing is, as I talked about a couple of years ago, the flu actually went on longer and had a significant death rate in its third year of 1920. But nobody talked about that because people after two years have said, I can't do this anymore. I mean, and you think about what we've been through, it's really affected people's Uh, peace of mind they're unsettled Um, it's led to uh, some issues of loneliness and mental illness the kids have suffered with what's happened with education over this time I mean it's been it's been just incredible so not just us as Americans the world has said we're done we want to go on with life And that's what's happening this year. And I'm seeing it everywhere I go. People want to resume normal life. And who knows, there may be another wave or whatever. People aren't going to react the same way. So it's going to affect certain things that have been essentially, for the most part, in time out since March of 20. And one area I'm seeing, I've been flying all the time. And the planes, except for a big dip for a few weeks during Omicron, people are back out there again. They're traveling. They're doing it. And so I'm going to make a recommendation on travel that I can't recall I've ever made. 
I mean, here we are in February, and I want you to book your summertime flights now. I would never say that. I would always say you wait for the spring airfare sales to come along, which usually happen sometime in April and or even early May, and that's when you buy your summertime airfare. This year, I'm not saying that because if I'm right and people do end up deciding, you know what, that trip we didn't take two years ago, we're going to take it. And the trip we didn't take one year ago, we're going to take it. And the trip we would like to take this summer, we're going to take it too. We're going to be gone all the time. I mean, there's going to be a lot of that. There's a lot of pent-up demand among travel addicts like me. I got to get my fix. And so I want you to go ahead and buy a ticket, but avoid like the plague those basic economy tickets being sold by American United and Delta. Do not buy those. If you're buying travel now for summer here in February, the reason is this. I'm getting you to buy basically an option. And if you buy a basic economy ticket, the airlines, the full fare airlines have put back in all kinds of restrictions on those and penalties and all that. But if you buy their regular economy, which will be more money, you still have the ability to turn that ticket at any point into basically a voucher to use on that airline to a date certain, typically in 23. So you'd have like a year's period, maybe even more, to use that money. So what you do is you buy the fares now that are the best you can find for when you plan to travel this summer. And then as you move closer to summer, and if one of those sales cycles does happen in April or May, and a cheaper fare comes along on that airline or another airline, then you book that. And then you've got your excuse, well, now I got this other money, I got to take another trip. And whatever difference there is in fare, that's voucher money for you to use in the future. But you do not want to wait till everybody else says, hey, I'm going. And on that score, I'm, I'm saying things so anti what I usually say in so many respects. If you're going to go to a place where you need a car rental, go ahead and book one now. Make sure you book one that is fully one you can just cancel without any penalty or anything like that. Don't do a prepaid car rental. I want you to know you have a car at whatever price it is now, and of course it you'll reshop later. But the third part, I've never suggested. So I really have lost my mind. I want you to book your accommodations that line up with that trip now as well. Because you don't know what's going to happen with those prices. And so I want you to know you have a room and make sure it also is one you can cancel. Typically, hotels you can cancel up to three days before arrival and you shop it later. So in other words, I want you to get your trip locked in, but it's fully flexible. The only thing that's not flexible is the flight. You're not going to be able to get your money back, but you'll have the value of the money to use at a future time. 
Um, I did want to tell you also, in the last 10 days, as airlines are confident Europe is going to be open for business this summer, meaning for leisure travel, I'm seeing the best leisure fares to Europe that we've seen in about 18 months. I'm seeing a lot of deals to Europe in the threes and fours round trip, 300 and 400 and something round trip. Um, Scott's Cheap Flights, which is one of the sources I checked, had been pretty quiet for so much of the pandemic. Now suddenly, deal, 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 deal. And a huge number of them are to Europe. Um, make sure, again, with any European ticket, that you have the ability to cancel up to a certain date and still have the full value of that money to use later. Um, wanted to share a little cruise thing. We had the conversation where people were upset that uh, I said, you know, there's a bad time to book a cruise. Don't go on a cruise. And by the way, I'm going on a cruise. So I was thinking, you know, all these people canceling cruises because of Omicron, maybe I can roll my money into a much better deal on the ship. So I go and I look, and to my shock, the price we had on the cabin was much cheaper than the cabins are now. So it was one of those things where having booked a while back, in this particular case, and it's not a pattern with cruises, but it was surprising to me that it was actually a better deal that I had already than what was available now by a long shot. All right, so the other thing that people have put off forever now is the wedding. And so everybody in the wedding business is talking about how unbelievably booked their 22 is. And as a result, supply and demand, the availability of wedding facilities, uh, all the people involved with the wedding, the planners, the florists, all the things are all more difficult to get and more expensive to get because you have all these weddings that have been put off and off and off, and now they're going to happen in big numbers potentially this year, it looks like. As again, everybody said, I've had enough of that pandemic. So more than in a normal year, flexing on the month you get married, the facility you get married at, and the day of the week you get married, probably more than anything else, is going to make the biggest difference. If you want to do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday wedding, and you want to do it in June, uh, so go figure out which bank branches are convenient to you because you're going to have to rob them to pay for the <laughs> wedding. No, don't do that. That was a joke. But the more you can say, you know... Like my nephew did when he and his bride got married on a Monday because that was the cheapest day they could do the wedding. I mean, so what? I mean, the people are, are coming to your wedding. They want to be there for it. If it's better and cheaper on a Wednesday, do a Wednesday, whatever it is. If it's cheaper in July because June is so expensive, do July or do May or whatever. I mean, understand that this is a classic demand issue because of this pent-up demand 
And so the more flexible you can be, the better you're going to do. Okay. Speaking of weddings and travel, Jennifer in Texas says, I wanted to take my parents on a trip to Alaska to celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary that was delayed due to COVID. But they are seniors and are hesitant to travel by cruise or plane. In June, I will be in the Seattle area and was thinking of renting an RV one way and driving up the coast. Any tips on how to do this and not bust the bank? So, uh, Jennifer, um, it's actually probably going to be cheaper to rent the RV round trip instead of one way. And if you can think about how you would do a route, there would be a round trip. You're not going to obviously cover as much territory, but you may find that you're going to have a significantly lower cost. Uh, you don't say what month. Oh, June. Oh, you did say June. Uh, gosh, going back to the June theme I just talked about, if there's any chance you could do May or September, since the 50th wedding anniversary date has already been missed, it will lower the cost a fair amount. As for your parents at their age being reluctant to travel by cruise and plane, I completely get it. And if doing the RV is a better way to do it, then go for it. But you, if you go to one of the big sites like Cruise America or any of the others, they use dynamic demand pricing where the price is automatically adjusted up and down based on demand. And you can see how changing the dates could have a meaningful difference in what it's going to cost in your wallet. And you can also see if the one way would work for you. There is a private service that works kind of like Turo and get around for renting an RV where you rent from an RV owner instead of renting from an individual. And so now I'm stalling, waiting to see if Krista... <laughs> can find that because we did that there are several of them so um we did it on our show there was one that there's one rvshare.com that seems pretty big okay um one example but there are actually a few of these rv share and you can look around if you do a uh use your search engine oh outdoorsy outdoorsy is outdoorsy is one we talked about before that's right and you can see if renting somebody else's RV might be a way of saving substantial money versus renting from one of the traditional services. But then, of course, you will have to follow my guidance of doing a round trip rather than a one-way with the RV. And Lynn in Georgia says, recently I booked a rental car through Priceline. The company was unknown of three choices. Uh, I purchased the liability insurance for the car through the Priceline provider. And while at the counter checking in, the agent attempted to get me to put my personal auto insurance company on the document as the provider or to purchase directly from the rental car company. I'm curious about what the best option would have been and why there were so they were so ambiguous when I asked this question at the counter. By the way, I had a great trip. So I'm, fa I'm so glad you had a great trip, and I'm glad that the Priceline rental car shopper thing worked for you, and you ended up, because they tell you who you'll get one of three, as you said, and it's cheaper than if you had picked a specific company up front. So it is routine 
for them to want to make sure that you have auto insurance. And so giving them your own automobile insurance information is A-OK and would have been just fine as a way to handle it. And buying the third-party coverage you did is a way to get rental car coverage usually at about two-thirds to 80% off what you would pay the car rental agency to buy their pseudo insurance. And from Carrie in Indiana, what is the best time to purchase flights to Hawaii and what's the best time to go? Carrie, okay, it's so cool how cheap airfares have been to Hawaii, but not from Indiana. All right, so let me explain to you what's going on. There's a massive market share war going on among the airlines from West Coast departure points, including places not on the coast like Phoenix and Las Vegas, to the Hawaiian Islands. And it's actually worth it for you when you find a deal from one of the Western departure points to Hawaii that you buy that and buy a separate ticket from where you are in Indiana to that West Coast departure point. Here's why. So Southwest started flying from a bunch of West Coast airports to the Hawaiian Islands. And then others that are, I guess you'd call them the incumbents, are terrified of Southwest. Hawaiian Airlines, which obviously Hawaii is what they live and die by, um, has been pouring cheap seats into the markets trying to hurt Southwest. Alaska has been offering deals. And then to a lesser extent, the three full fare lines, American United and Delta, have been joining in on this. So a result is the fares from the Western departure points to the Hawaiian Islands have routinely been $69 to $99 one way. When you consider how cheaply you can fly from around the country to a Western city, you take that combination and it's going to be much cheaper than you can buy a ticket to the Hawaiian Islands from, let's say, Indianapolis or something like that, all the way to Honolulu or Maui or the Big Island or Kauai. So that's how you save money. That's how you get it done. As far as the best time to go, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a qualitative answer to this and a financial one. So living in Indiana, the best time to go is when it's cold in Indiana and the weather's perfect in Hawaii. And if I were looking for the ideal time to do that, where the prices are going to be lower when you're in Hawaii, it would be in December after the Thanksgiving holiday's over to um, the period of December before Christmas travel starts. So really from early December till about the 18th of December would be the perfect combination of avoiding the cold western weather and getting really good deals in hawaii is that specific enough krista mm -hmm. i thought you'd just say 365 days a year any day is a great oh, day to go to hawaii well that, i mean that is true i my wife though um says the flight's too long and she only wants to go during the cold weather season where you have that big advantage of going from you know, cold, like you're kind of crunched together from the cold to that wonderful warm weather 
which you're about to do yourself. I am. Are you counting down the days, hours, and minutes? I'm very excited for it. Well, I hope that you were excited by today's podcast and that you learned something useful to you in your life. I want to tell you that we work as hard as we can to give you information you can use and you can trust at Clark.com and wonderful deals that will stretch every dollar you've got, even $1.25 tree dollars, at ClarkDeals.com.